following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are live. It is Monday. I am in studio. This is Demry Lachey. Kwame Lasseter, you should be calling in on the line here pretty soon. If not, you can always reach us and call us if you want to get on the show today. We'll love that. If not today, then also another day. You can call us in at 888-346-9144. Just call in on the show. Join us live. We are just like today. We are live today. It is Monday um, off a beautiful four-day weekend out here in the Valley, out here in Phoenix, Arizona. Coming off a four-day weekend, off the holiday, uh, very busy holiday, very busy holiday weekend for myself. So you got to be around a lot of family, which is always important. Be around a lot of family, watch a lot of football, hang around, and go shopping on Black Friday, which I attempted to do, but I got busy, got caught up in a lot of business, a lot of working around and stuff, so I didn't get a chance to go out Black Friday. Did some online Black Friday shopping, which is always the best. You beat the crowd. And then I went late Walmart shopping, you know, catch some last-minute deals on some stuff. So got my Christmas shopping dang near out the way. But also around the week in that we had a long weekend, long four-day weekend, like stated before, um, there has been a lot of changes, a lot of changes, not only in sports, but off of sports as well, or off the field, or off the playing gridiron, you should always say, especially in the NFL world. In the standings, in the playoff standings, a lot of the standings have changed around since our last show on Tuesday. But uh, one thing off the field uh, is that Ray Rice, he is now eligible to join any NFL team that pursues him. He is able to come back to the NFL season. And one team that has been... You know, been looked around that people have been talking rumors about, and he might be well needed for is the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals did have their own issues earlier this season with Jonathan Dwyer getting suspended, getting released from the football team because of his domestic violence abuse in his statements. But where the Cardinals sit at now, the starting running back Andre Ellington went down Sunday in a loss twenty nine. Was it twenty nine and nineteen? Twenty eight, nineteen. It took a loss at Atlanta, and then in that Atlanta game, you already had Larry Fitzgerald not playing, but you also had injuries down to Tyron Matthew and their starting running back Andre Ellington. And I think that puts Arizona in a hard, hard situation. I mean, just a few weeks ago, just a week ago, when we were here in the studio, Arizona, the Cardinals, we were talking about them finishing out the NFC, having them win. Uh, the whole NFC outright having them having um, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But now the Green Bay Packers, 
have come along. They've been winning, and now they're tied with Arizona. And also the Philadelphia Eagles have been winning. They're also tied with the Arizona Cardinals. All three teams are sitting 9-3. All three teams are sitting at the top of the NFC division. Arizona still is number one because how they beat Philadelphia in earlier this season, but also Atlanta sitting at five and seven, number one in their division at number four. Seattle and Detroit both eight and four. Dallas is eight and four. San Francisco seven and five, still in the playoff hunt. And I think right now the Cardinals they are definitely in panic mode. Well, not not, not necessarily panic mode, but they're scrambling. They're try. They have to find ways to win. This number one, having the number one slot going into the playoffs because it's crunch time. Only a few weeks left um, in the NFL season. They still have to play San Francisco, St. Louis, and Seattle in these last uh, four weeks. And then their next game coming up is against the Kansas City Chiefs. And so the Chiefs, very great. Um, pass defense, I guess you could say, very great secondary against the pass, has a great pass rush. Only way that the Chiefs, that you get up on them, like kind of like how the Broncos did yesterday on Sunday, is you got to run the football. You have to run the football against the Chiefs to make them weak. And, I mean, it's the last few games of the of the season. You got to have a strong running game going into the playoffs. So that's, to me, what wins ball games. That's what opens up your offense. It's having a good run game. In Arizona, you know, they felt with the lack of what was being produced by R.J. Ellington, and now with his injury coming down against Atlanta on Sunday, I think this puts them in a big scramble mode, a big panic mode. But I'm not sure are they ready to push the big red button and trying to sit down and have a talk with Ray Rice and bring him to the program, bring him to the Arizona Cardinals. we got Kwame Lasseter who just calling in. Kwame, how are you? How you doing, man? Pretty good, man. Not too bad. Back in town. I've uh, been gone for the weekend. It was uh, refreshing. Yeah, four days, refreshing. four day weekend, four day off of the studio, and very refreshing, very needed, well needed, I guess you could say. Yeah, weekend. A festival. It wasn't a lot of. It wasn't a lot of good football that I watched. I, I, I'll say that much. Maybe maybe the San Diego game, but I know you, I know you talking about the Cardinals, and we we I get back to that. But that San Diego game, they made a comeback against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. That was a good game, but. Man, it's those Cardinals, man. I'm talking when I talk about bad football. <laughs> I'm looking at the Cardinals play, and I'm and I'm wondering what's going on. It is Atlanta who's four and seven at the time? Yeah. If they're not the cream of the crop of the NFL, they're not the cream of the crop of the NFC, NFC South. It was just a bad showing, and at some point, the defense is going to get very frustrated. And that team's going to be disarrayed if they can't fix that this week against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, who's coming in here to get played against the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. And not only that, uh, with the offensive play, I mean, where's the offense at? You Like you said, the defense is very frustrated, frustrated because of the offensive production. Where has right. the offensive gone? And, and you can say, you can say defensively, don't worry about what they do on offense because we don't play offense. A lot of defenses say that. A lot of good defenses that, or defenses that want to be good to great, they say that. Worry about what you can control. Take care, take care of what you can, can control. Right. And then they they in and out, three and out. You throw interceptions and uh, costly times. You turn the ball over at uh, untimely times. And 
and we're back on the field. The Office Productions, I know Larry Fitzgerald wasn't playing, but that wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons offense was working with uh, Rowdy White out. So, and then, but they they'd established a running game with uh, Steven Jackson, which, I, to my surprise, a guy who's on my fantasy that I benched. Mm-hmm. I benched him mostly pretty much 90% of the time uh, doing his fantasy stuff, which my fantasy sucks right now. We'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> but they, they established a running game. This guy was able to get about, Steven Jackson was able to get about uh, 10 points. I mean, that was good because he rushed for 101 yards. And a 29-18 win against the Arizona Cardinals, and that's that's what you want. You yeah. want your you want your running back to get over that that century mark, but you also, if not, want to establish that we still will run the ball, and that opens up the offense. Patrick Peterson was getting killed out there. Yeah, he was getting killed, and I, I mean, it's not that there wasn't a pass rush; it's that he's still doing things. He's taking a, he's taking for granted his natural ability. Like he's just gonna be there to make the play and look like he's struggling to run. He's had to be hurt because that doesn't look like the same guy that we've seen years past. Right. And I think a lot of that had to do with I think he's exhausted. Honestly. Look at the last few weeks, the last few teams that um the Cardinals have went up against. Look how often these guys are on the field. That especially that defense. I mean these guys they, they live out on the field. And I think that puts Patrick Peterson in a huge, huge tough scenario to get out of because these guys—I mean, like they—they they live. These guys are staying out on the field. They're living on the field. The time of possession is always to the opposite team, and that's not good for your defense, especially a guy like Patrick Peterson. He's already had little nagging injuries, and right. not only that, he has to go against the number one receiver. Per se, like a Calvin Johnson, he has to perform against Calvin Johnson, uh, Jermaine Curse, D- Doug Baldwin in Seattle. Then Julio you got Jones. Julio Jones, who just who ate him alive. I mean, he made him ten catches, one hundred eighty nine yards, touchdown. I mean, I mean, what can you say? Like, I think he was pretty exhausted. Uh, you're asking a lot out of this seventy million dollar man, and it comes from the production of the offense, the running game. What? There's no running game at all. Well, I took, um, let, let's say I'm the GM, or let's say I'm the coach. Well, here's why I took Patrick Peterson off offense, so he can solely focus on defense. And, and his defense, in my opinion, is inconsistent to the caliber player that he is and, and supposed to be. I understand if he was his first or second year, you want to give him time because you see that talent in him. This is fifth or sixth year. He has to be locking people down right now, and he's not doing that. His technique. I don't understand what the caliber of coach he has over there in Todd Bowles and creating that uh, well, defense coordinator-wise and his secondary coach over there. How are you letting him get away with this? You think he's just going to fix it on his own? You better say something to him in meetings or you better say something to him in public, out in public. And, and that, that's not to put what you talk about in the meeting rooms or in the locker room or in the organization out for everybody to know. But you can call out a superstar to get his attention. Because if you're standing in the meetings, that's not doing anything. He's comfort. That's in the confines of a comfort zone when he's around people he know and see every day. Mm-hmm. But when you tell him you got to step it up, you are, you are a lockdown corner. We brought you some help in in, in um, Antonio Cromartie. So now they're not throwing. We don't see a, I mean, Antonio Cromartie has some has some faults too, but we don't see him getting scorched with 173 points. Mm-hmm. I mean yards yeah. against him. Twenty nine eighteen was the outcome of the Atlanta 
Falcons and the Arizona Cardinals. The game was played in Atlanta yesterday afternoon. This puts Atlanta number one in the NFC South division. Um, like I said, like you said, they're not really the cream of the crop of the NFC South. But at the same time, they are in that division because they haven't lost a game in that division. And now they have one win over opponent outside the division for the first time this season. And the system at 5-7 and seven now, now they're looking uh, number one in the, in the NFC South. Do you think that Atlanta can make the playoffs at that four seed, hold it down in the four seed, and finish out like with a six and ten record and still win the NFC South? I know Absolutely. New Orleans New Orleans won the game, but I mean that's just crazy how this, they can finish out six or ten, seven and nine, and still make the playoffs and have a home field game. Absolutely, I've seen it done. Mm. We we both seen it done. Uh, Look at seven. It, it, it might. They probably could go six or ten. They can maybe put in seven and nine and win that division, and then you might have the Arizona Cardinals back out there if they make the playoffs you might have them back in Atlanta playing against Atlanta who will have a worse record than they will right. like we saw the San Francisco 49ers at 12 and 4 go play the 79 Green Bay Packers last year mm-hmm. which is a system I think needs to be uh, fixed mm-hmm. uh, because it's just policy policies can change but it's a system that needs to be fixed and, and the Arizona Cardinals we talked about them two weeks ago Maybe winning that one game in Seattle and clinching the division. It would have been right. over. Right. been over. I know they have some injuries at the quarterback position, but we've seen Stan uh, earlier this year win two out of three games or three out of four games and keep the Cardinals right where they needed to be to put them in position of that. Right. To ask the question, yes, the Atlanta Falcons could be 6-10 and 10 winning the division because in that division, Tampa Bay is not going to do anything. Carolina's not going to do anything. The um, only threat will be the uh, the um, New Orleans Saints. So, uh, if they can right. get on a little roll, which they have one game up in that division, then they're probably winning six and ten, seven and nine record, and 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 host the game. Right. Do you see that the Cardinals? Do you you not going back to the Arizona Cardinals? Do you feel that they're in panic mode? Are they nervous? I mean, I know I called this out a few weeks ago. I was like, I'm kind of nervous for the Arizona Cardinals. After they won that game in Detroit or at home versus Detroit, they won 14-6. I saw how the game was played. Talk about bad football. I mean, it was opportunities where Arizona had some scores and they dropped some passes, just like in the Seattle game. I mean, these guys were, I could kind of tell by kind of like their their body language. They're kind of... Just a little bit down that Carson Palmer's really not there anymore. When certain plays don't happen, they, their body language is very is showing so much, especially um, in the second half of that Detroit game, the Lions game three weeks ago, the Seattle game for sure, and then yesterday it just all came out and it was bad football all around. I was I knew I, I didn't know like it was going to get this bad just this this fast, but I was pretty nervous. You don't lose the team uh, on the road like Atlanta and call yourself a playoff team, call yourself a number one team in the division. Now you have Kansas City at St. Louis, home against Seattle, and then at San Francisco, where you pretty much got to win three out of the four games. And those teams are nowhere near as bad as the Atlanta Falcons. And you have yes, Patrick correct. Houston. I just can't get off this Patrick Houston thing. The Falcons hit 361 yards. The first time in 20, was it 20 or 26 carries or 26 running backs that <laughs> made it, that didn't make it over the 100-yard mark? And yeah. Steven, uh, uh, Steven doesn't 
Jackson, he does it yesterday. He do it yesterday. Yeah. That off, is crazy. Off 18 carries. Huh? He only touched the ball 18 times. 18 times for 101 yards against the Cardinals defense who don't allow rushers to go over 100 yards. And then Julio Jones have 10 catches for 189 yards and a touchdown. Patrick was getting killed out there. And it wasn't. I don't care if they rush it or not. This is one-on-one. This is what you do at practice. There's not a rush in practice during one-on-one. There's not a rush. Right. So it's usually an offensive skill, an offensive drill, because the quarterback and receiver have time to do whatever they want to. But if you can lock them down in practice, right. then you can lock them down in a game. You play like there's no rush. You play like you don't have any help. And when you do, that's just icing on the cake. Patrick Peterson, on the defense side of football, I don't see. I, I think most of this game is on him. True. You can, yeah, you can blame him for some part, but I think you got to look at that offense and them keeping that defense out on the field so much. You're going to only ask for so much from your defense. And I think by game, what is this, game three that Drew Stanton has been starting, I mean, that defense has been out there for forever because there is no running game on the offense. Andre Ellington still never went over 100 yards um, all season, and now he's out with the injury. And you have Marion Grice, who's your leading rusher with 16 yards. That's how your offense stays out on the field. That's how your defense gets rest. That's how you get your number one corner, get focused, have him being on sidelines, focusing, going back to the game plan, making adjustments. It's kind of hard to put adjustments out there while you're out there on the field so much and your quarterback throwing interceptions that you got to rush back out on the field and find ways to control and stop Julio Jones. Which is, I mean, that's that's a hard thing to do. I think Julio was top five receivers in the NFL, hands down, and that's pretty hard to to throw against a uh, Patrick Peterson. Plus, you got Todd Bowles' defense. The way he runs his defense, it's nothing but blitzing, blitzing, blitzing. That's a lot of man over the top. You're asking him, Patrick Peterson, to do a lot, but he's capable of doing it. Like you said, his talent is incredible. He's capable of doing it. His athleticism is there. But I think it's, it's it's a lot by game three. Was it game four with Drew Stan starting? Puts a lot on him. It makes that whole defensive front tired, that defensive back tired as well. Uh, we have a few seconds before a break. We're going to take a break right now. And we're, after the break, we're going to come and talk about some of these rumors that's being tossed around with Ray Rice joining either the Arizona Cardinals or any NFL team before a playoff push. Uh, a lot of NBA news. There's been a lot going on these last four days. Great uh, Thursday football we're going to talk about as well. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise... 
you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey, welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are live. We are in studio. I'm in studio. Demi Lachey. We got Kwame Lasseter here on the lines. Now, going out, going out before break, we had mentioned news about yes, Ray Rice. He is free of his suspension. Um, he beat out his suspension. He his plea went through. He's back. He's eligible for any to join any NFL team that pursues him. Hopefully, he finds a contract here soon. Ray Rice is back in the NFL. Um, Janae Rice came out uh, also last week during uh, during the holiday weekend. You know, she had one-on-one talks with Jamel Hill of ESPN. One-on-one talks. Uh, she came out and made some statements, some strong statements stating, you know, she's ready to move on. She also made statements of, well, she was saying her and Ray Rice were ready to move on, um, get past this burden of their life. They're married. They're happily married. And... Other statements that were made that kind of stood out to me that I was looking forward to was her statements with Roger Goodell knowing about the incident as soon as it happened, the way it happened, how Ray Rice told them the truth. Also, how they told the Baltimore Ravens and how they told the Baltimore Ravens the truth. And they they didn't need the video. And basically the video was the same things that Janae and Ray had spoken to the Baltimore Ravens and the NFL commissioner as soon as the events happened. And that Commissioner Goodell made some statements as, you know what, we're going to take care of it and we're going to, you know, look out for basically Janae and Ray Rice's situation, that they're going to get past it all together. And then once all the videos came out, that's when the whole world took their knowledge, took their sense of it, and made it bigger than what it is. So that put Goodell, I guess you could say, in panic mode after that. After these comments of what Janae Rice have made Kwame how do you how did you see it? I know did you ever run across it did you ever read about it because I I seen it uh come up on ESPN over the weekend and stuff so uh caught my attention you know uh just just to hear words from her just to hear it from her statement her point of view and her you know giving her story well it's it's um okay for her to come out and tell her her side of the story but uh Janae Palmer uh Janae Ray Rice's wife, now fiance at the time, you want the facts or you want the truth because the facts are what they are. The truth is a matter of who you are and who makes those decisions. I don't think anybody should be, if you want the facts, tried for the same crime twice, same punishment twice. Ray uh, Ray Rice told Roger Goodell exactly what happened in that in that elevator, exactly what happened before he got into the elevator, and there was. Witnesses, credible witnesses that were in that meeting when he told them this. So uh, he should be punished. He hit a female. He should be punished. Yes. Um, I, I don't know uh, just all the track 
I don't know if I feel like I got to hit somebody, do I really want to be with that person that can make me hit them? Or I need to evaluate myself. Um, how do I lose my mind like that? Or how can I have somebody around me to cause me to lose my mind like that? Back on subject is Roger Goodell needs to be dealt with and, and how he punishes and, and his double punishments for situations and who he punishments, they're inaccurate, they're inconsistent. And uh, he has no just cause for a lot of things he does, but he do them anyway. And there's no punishment. I really like being back in the football in the NFL is good. He's 27 years old. In my opinion, he has a lot of football left. But you know how they look at NFLs and uh, I'm sorry, running backs in the NFL. Like you have um, Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. He was arguing about his contract this year before the season started, saying he's going to be his age next year. The guy still runs like he did five years ago. So why are you going to try to put a stipulation on? who and what these guys are in their profession. Ray Rice is ready to play football. I think he should have a chance to play football. If you pay for your punishment and you pay for your crime, then uh, there should be no backlash to it. But where we are in society, in this world, everybody wants to have an opinion about something they know nothing about. And and if Ray Rice, or anybody for that matter, a great example, Michael Vick, does his 19, 20 months in a... federal penitentiary, not jail, federal penitentiary, he comes out, everybody want to pick up signs. They want to be picket. They want to have picket signs and, and ban this guy from doing something. He made a mistake. When before has he made a mistake in NFL up until that point? So it depends on who you are of who he wants to give a second chance to. Roger Goodell, in my opinion, needs to be, I don't think he needs to be commissioner anymore. I think they need to start looking for a commissioner. He does a job. He's a, he's a lawyer by trade. He does a job. He gets paid by a by all the owners mm-hmm. in the National Football League, right. and I still haven't figured out what does he do. I know his objective is to raise money for the NFL and, and be a fundraiser, be a fundraiser spokesman, because the NFL is nothing but a foundation. So you have to raise money. You talk about these guys who's outspoken, like a Richard Sherman who comes out, and, and talks about one of the biggest supporters of the NFL being a beer company, but you punish guys for drinking beer. Exactly. Or getting in trouble for drinking beer. One thing doesn't match the other, uh, and I know it's a Ray Rice question, but I think Ray Rice has served his punishment, served his time. I really feel that he and his wife said they've moved on and they're ready to move on in their life then Ray Ray should be able to move on in his professional. You shouldn't be able to stop anybody from making a living. And this is what the NFL is doing. And this is what they have done to many athletes. Yeah. Like you were saying, um, during, uh, I think it was over Wednesday or Thursday with uh, Richard Sherman's interview after, yeah, it was Wednesday before the game um, they played on Thanksgiving. Uh, Richard Sherman was basically kind of mocking the NFL, bringing out the little Doug Baldwin uh, poster which is hilarious, and then having Doug Baldwin speak right behind it and record it, interview thing that they put together. Uh, that was really them throwing shots, you know, back at the NFL before them punishing, uh, what's my man's name, Beast Mode, Marshawn yeah, Lynch. Uh, Marshawn Lynch. For not talking to the media or for saying, yeah, yeah, answering questions throughout the media. I mean, he did what you wanted him to do. He, he stuck himself front of the microphone. I mean, if he doesn't. And it's not fortunate. Yeah, it is unfortunate. And, you know, because the NFL is telling this guy he has to speak. He's one of the good faces of the NFL. We have sponsors that want you to speak up to the media. 
But if the guy has a choice of him not wanting to do that, I don't see why not why he should even have to do that. Well, I don't because they want to market him in the NFL. But as soon as he starts marketing himself, he's going to be punished and fined. That's the NFL's uh, discrepancy. That's the NFL's hypocritical actions that they do every day, year yeah. in and year out. But he did market himself a little bit. He came out and said, you know, that he was doing a fundraiser for an event back for kids in Oakland, California. But his, how do you get punished uh, that for that? That was his PSA, mm-hmm. which I thought was great. If you want to ask me a question, look, I'm, I showed up. I don't have anything to say, but let me say something about what I'm doing. I thought that was great what he did right. as far as his uh, event for the kids. Right. And, that, and the NFL take it as, oh, he's marketing himself. So this is part of the reason why, first of all, you're marketing yourself by not trying to answer any questions. Then you're talking about things that you're doing off the field that's marketing you and your uh, funds that you're being ra- that you're trying to raise for your community, which I don't understand. I mean, this guy is trying to help his community out. He's trying to help out where he's from. That's great in the sense of NFL, where more guys should do that. But you get punished for, like you said, promoting yourself, not really trying to promote the brands and uh, some of the sponsors that the NFL follow up. And uh, well, also Richard Sherman, some of his other comments was made. He made a statement about. Uh, like you said about the beer, um, I'm guessing he's talking about Budweiser or Miller Lite being kind of like the most paid sponsors. And he Budweiser. also, yeah, Budweiser. And he also mentioned uh, a product that these guys take um, after the games. It's supposed to help them out, but he said he even he don't even take it or he doesn't even uh, deal with it, which caught my eye. I was wondering, you know, back when you were in the NFL, was there sponsors sending you things that you really were like why are we even why am i even uh taking this in i don't have anything to do with this stuff yeah sometimes they send it through the whole the nfl the nfl make a huge push and that's through all um uh, all the teams in the national football league or they're sending to one team and say we'd like to promote this or we'd like to pay you right. to promote this to your team so it's all about money what you do is um what i've always done was i took it to the head trainer I took it to the team doctors. I said, what is this stuff? What's in it? Is this going to get me in trouble? I always thought that you were the best in the world at what you did. You didn't need any enhancements. But if that was an enhancement at all, sometimes you do. Most guys, as they get older, you need a recovery so you can practice mm-hmm. uh, every week, so you can practice every day. You play on Sunday. You come in on Monday, and you might have a shakedown. You come out. These are professionals I'm talking about. And you... Get in the hot tub, get stretched, get massages, get whatever treatment you had from the Sunday's game, uh, and you watch film, and you have a half a day. But that half a day for professionals, guys who's about their business, that turns into another full day, and you off Tuesday. And when you come in on Tuesday, you off Tuesday, but professionals who's about their business, they come in on Tuesday and get treatment and get ready mm-hmm. like it's on Wednesday. So there's no off days in what the NFL is doing as far as promoting all these games putting games on Thursdays, right. next thing you know, we're going to have a game three times a week or four times a week. Within a within an eight-day span, we're going to have games. Not seven days, but eight days. We're going to have games on Thursdays, Saturdays, and Fridays. And you can't compete with college, but you're going to find a way to compete with them right. because you think you're the NFL. Now, how do you put a, how you put two teams on and play them on Sunday and then turn around play them on a Thursday during Thanksgiving? Right. That's not a safety of the NFL. That's me making money off the NFL by these TV sponsors, these ratings. That's me making money. 
But don't tell me about what I'm doing as a player to get myself ready and you care about my safety, but you, you have me playing within four or five, four days from the time I play in a physical, the most physical sport, in my opinion, that in hockey. Right. Yeah. With, uh, and then you, you also, these guys, they get fined pretty harsh. And then not only that, they, they came and make a living with some people like Ray Rice. You, you, all your sponsor, all your other promoter sponsor that you was working for, that you did business with, all that goes out the window because of what the NFL, their suspension on you or they fine you $100,000. All that stuff gets thrown straight out the window. But you're out here, like you said, you play three three games in two weeks. I mean, come on, at a high level. And these guys can't even say what they want to say or they don't want to talk to the media I mean, it's a, it's a lot going on. You can't compete with the college with um, with college football because it's yeah. hundreds of universities out here where these kids love to. Or these guys are trying to get to the attention of what the NFL brings just on a Sunday. I think if you trying to have a game played on Sunday and Thursday, why don't those teams just have an automatic bye week just thrown in there for the following week? This, this would keep those guys healthy. Keep those guys. Uh, you know, give these guys some rest. Because think about it. only rest that you're going to get is missing out on a Sunday. Then when Tuesday comes around, you're back on your regular routine, getting ready for a game the following Sunday. Yeah, Seattle didn't play uh, this Sunday. They played on Thursday. But now they have to, what, get ready uh, when Tuesday hit. They're going back to their regular schedule, regular routine. You really don't even get any rest time with that. You get one day to rest up, one extra day to rest up. But you already right. played 12, what, 12 12, 13 weeks of football. Come on, exactly. Now. It's not fair. I don't even know. Uh, I, I might have to reserve judgment on uh, if he was an uh, attorney. I don't know if Goodell, Roger Goodell, is a good attorney or not. I'm going to do my research on that. Mm-hmm. But I know uh, D. Maurice Smith is. I know he's an attorney by trade. Um, but he cannot, Roger Goodell cannot be judge, jury, and executioner to a lot of this stuff that happens. Especially. You need to count on a, a football commission or put that together. And if there is one to get put together, but a lot of those guys get in the air condition a little bit mind, forgot that they played the sport. Right. I remember um, uh, was James Harrison used to get fined every week for doing what you taught him to do. And then you try to make the sport better, so you use him as a scapegoat and fine him every week. He got fined about $150,000 in his uh, time right. of playing football. That's crazy. And then they want to use James Harrison hits uh, for highlight reels, highlight films. And I'm glad to see him back in the NFL making up that money (laughs) that he lost out where he's getting his last season in, um, coming out of his retirement, making that money up. But going back to uh, some of the comments that Janae Rice had mentioned, you know, she said she know for a fact, um, this is her quote, I know for a fact that Ray told the honest truth that he's been telling from February. And then there was asked as for Goodell. She said, "I can't say he's really telling the truth." In the quote, yeah. So and she should say that in his face, right? And she came out. This, I mean, it's pretty much telling it how it is. This is pretty much saying it to his face. He can read this just like how me and you can read it any day of the week. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's heard it already. And he, he might have committed perjury. Yeah. And the f- simple fact is, back in February. Roger Goodell was stating, even when May and uh, when the season, before the season had kicked off in September and August, Roger Goodell was still saying, you know, he didn't know this information back in February. He didn't know all of this 
when you have Ray Rice saying it to begin with, and now you have Janae Rice saying it now in November. She was saying it all the time before. And now it's it's like, dude, like Roger Goodell, what why why are you hiding so much? What what's really going on? What what are you trying to prove to the NFL, to the fans? Like it's it's not looking that well. I think yeah, I think he does need to step down as an NFL commish or give up his position. Somebody needs to step up and actually uh the owners need to come together, have a meeting about what's going on with uh Roger Goodell. I mean, obviously, he's not making the best decisions. He's making some tough decisions, but not the best decisions. See, the owners, the owners like him because he's supposed to be raising money, and I think he's making these owners money. But he, again, I go back to Judge Jury and uh, Executioner. He can't be that. You can one guy cannot be all that. Is is what I said at the beginning when you asked the question about Ray Rice. You want the facts, or you want the truth. Mm-hmm. Bill Clinton lied and, and committed perjury to uh, to the world. Kwame, and didn't go to jail, didn't serve any time, didn't get punished. Kwame right. Kilpatrick, the mayor of Detroit, did the same thing and went to jail. And he's in jail today. And mm-hmm. he lost his license. It depends on who you are if the truth matters. The facts are what they are. The truth is something different depending on who you are. We look at uh, Ray Rice. Then you look at Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson suspended without pay now. Oh, man. He was getting paid while this was going on. Mm-hmm. This is, again, the inconsistency of Roger Goodell. Mm-hmm. And what he's doing as far as a commissioner, and perjury is hard. To, it's hard to most sometimes. Most times it's hard to prove. Right. There's a reasonable doubt being that being the case. Right. Well, Ray Rice, he's now NFL free agent, um, able to play. You think he's going to play um, this season or any, even in the next season, the following season, him or Adrian Peterson? Do you do you see Ray, Ray Rice playing this season or? I see um, Ray Rice getting on the team probably, um, and the teams we would like to get on, let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. Probably won't take him because they they want to be seen doing the right things and going in the right direction. They don't want to change their image. The Cardinals is one of those teams that can't afford because the Cardinals are nine and three right now, and because they um they, we look at the Cardinals and say, oh, here they come. They're about to start losing games because the Cardinals was not a consistent winner. But we forget that they are 9-3, and three and they're still in the driver's seat as far as games and the lead and the records and how they play from here on out is, are concerned. They're yeah. still in the driver's seat. But because we have an image about the Cardinals, we feel like, oh, they've lost three games. They've lost two back-to-back. Yeah. Okay, well, here go the same old Cardinals. Well, they, right. They're not the same old Cardinals. We see they got nine games with uh, they got a nine-game uh, record, winning record, with three losses, and with what? Four more games to go? Yep. So I feel like they can be all right if they, the last four games, depending on which four games they win. Because Kansas City is an AFC team, but you still want to get some winning back into your taste going into the, going into the Seattle, San Fran, and St. Well, Seattle, St. Louis, and San Fran game. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ray Rice, could definitely play for a team right now. The concern would be, in my opinion, is his mind, uh, not not so much his body, is his mind clear from all this stuff they've been putting him through. And that's what they do. They they drag you through the nonsense and push you through a lot of a lot of the BS that they don't have to deal with as far as him playing and having a clear mind. Right. 
It's, yeah, you and I agree with every every statement that you made. We're going to take a, uh, our last break here. We're going to come up in our last segment, talk about some college football over the weekend as well, some NBA talk. Just to finish up this last segment, uh, you listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are in our last segment. And off the air, you know, me and Kwame was discussing who is the hottest NFL team going to the playoffs and what's going on with the Oakland Raiders taking a 52-0 loss uh, to the St. Louis Rams. St. Louis was at home. Um, the game is pretty much over by halftime, but it got worse even in the second half for the Oakland Raiders. And I thought the Oakland Raiders was coming on pretty strong the last few weeks. They've been still losing. Actually, got a win in between those losses. Against Kansas City by all teams. Yeah. Against Kansas City, who is going to be playing against the Arizona Cardinals this coming up Sunday. But we're talking a 52 points given up in the NFL, and you putting up not even a field goal, not even getting a field goal range. 52 <laughs> to 0. This is a team, man. This is a team whose motto is commitment to excellence or just win, baby. <laughs> this is that team, that, that silver and black. Uh, nice uniforms, by the way. But <laughs> how, do you, how do you lose two games? How do you get egged in two games? And somebody, I think two teams put up 50 or more points on you. Grown men, the same grown men idiots that were celebrating the Kansas City game that almost lost that game <laughs> through a celebration. Because they are like they've never won a game in their life, and they and at that point they haven't won in 364 or 63 days. So I understand the celebration, but you got to be you got to be smart about certain things. This this team in Oakland need to move up a little further to Canada and start <laughs> playing with those guys, and not you know not a disrespect to Canada team because there are a lot of guys who played in the NFL who's in the Hall of Fame Hall of Fame that played on some Canadian teams, and that was a distant avenue. But these guys are not playing to an NFL uh, level of football. And 
that's why we got more than one lead uh, across the world. Yeah. But these guys are just not getting ha- it done. Having the Oakland Raiders in Canada, that would make Canada football, the CFL, so much money, so much bigger. They probably wouldn't even <laughs> win a game in Canada, like you said. But before oh, that game, did you – before the St. Louis game, did you see uh, some of the St. Louis players come out representing for the Ferguson um, trial and having their arms up in the innocent type stance? Um, I thought that was pretty creative. I thought that was pretty yeah. thoughtful of all the you know distraction that's yeah, been going on in St. Louis. So, um, I, actually, I did. I did see some of that. But you know what? I'll forget all this. Forget all this standing and and we just trying to do something. Right. It's time to get some things done. It's time to. Fight fire with fire. Mm-hmm. Enough, enough of that. Uh, we we got to do this. We got to do that. I understand of recognizing the situation on a bigger scale because the NFL is a big scale, and that's why you had a lot of the um, um, people politicking earlier and, and protesting earlier with uh, domestic violence because they felt that was the season. And then you had a lot of idiots doing it, but. Everything is for a reason. Everything is timed up. You you have the purposes. So there's a great opportunity to do NFL games because it's on the biggest stage. It's our biggest sporting event in the in the in the world in the right. United States for sure. But one of one of the biggest one in the world if you can that competes with soccer and soccer is more global or just as global. Or no, soccer is more global than football. Yeah, it but is. there's a stage for you to do these things, and then you can protest. Well, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen the day after tomorrow? What's going to happen next week? Right. We're not going to hear about this again. It, it just, so the NFL can be seen going a long way. So the, so St. Louis, because it was in St. Louis, can be seen doing the right thing. But nobody's going to do anything. <laughs> nobody's going to do anything. Uh, I know some places where in this country, some cities in this country where that don't go down. If you, if you take one, you lose one. Right. I think it's all about marketing. Um, like you said, it's in their city, it's in St. Louis. It's all about marketing, standing up and for the fans and uh, for the, some of the violent protesters that's been going along and the protesting that's been going along in the city of St. Louis. I mean, it, it's just all the marketing, like, hey, um, fans, we have your back. Keep watching us. Uh, we'll lead you on your way out of this. When, like you said, they're not going to do anything about it probably off the field. I haven't heard any of the St. Louis Rams players uh, going out of their time. I mean, maybe they have. Maybe on their time off they have done some things to help out the city of Ferguson, helping them realize and stop the violence, but from you my knowledge, donate I have money and all that stuff. And yeah. they whoever you donate money to is not going to get it. <laughs> That's right. He, you hit it right on the head there. It's a game tonight between Miami Dolphins and New York Jets. I probably won't tune in and watch that at all. Well, I, have to, I have to watch it. Why is that? Oh, you got some fantasy issues. You did mention Man, that I got fantasy issues. I, I got um I don't want to hear about your issues. They are serious issues. These are uh managerial problems. Uh oh. This guy man, he had uh, he has Andrew Luck. That's fine. Andrew Luck's do his thing. But yeah. he got forty two points. Andrew Luck if he don't get forty two points or he's not playing against the uh Washington Redskins, that's not happening. Then he has a... Uh, Another guy go crazy. Who won't go crazy is um, Steele, the wide receiver for New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Drove me crazy, man. But that's the bulk of his points right there. Those two guys. <laughs> Those two guys right there. His defense was um, his defense was uh, 
man, they put up was Houston's defense. They put up nine points. But my defense, the Buffalo Bills, that you continue to laugh at, put up 18 points. That's good. Now that's I have good a, I have a kicker tonight. I, you know what? I might better get it done. I don't know, but I, I'm down. I'm down about. Let me tell you. Let me ask you what you think. I'm down 36 points. I'm okay. down 36 points. I got Tannehill. Okay. I got Chris Ivory, and I got um, Sturgis, the kicker tonight. I need 36 points. How many players he has playing tonight? Uh, Eric Decker. That's gonna be zero points. He actually might give up. He's probably gonna play about five points. Tannehill's gonna get about thirty himself. He's gonna light that Jets defense up. I know it, the if game. If Tannehill gets thirty, then I'm in. But I'm, I'm, you talking about Rex Ryan defense, man? Them, them guys ain't. If he get them early, then they'll shut down. But if they don't be in the game, they gonna play. That grown man over there because he, he know how to. That was my defensive coach when I first came to the Cardinals. So he know how to motivate these guys to get it done. But we're talking right. about the, the the Dolphins' offense as well, and they these guys they like just how creative Rex Ryan defense can get. It's you're saying the same thing about Miami's offense, their game plan. They get creative with that uh, offense, and they've been letting Tannehill actually do a little um, scramble, a little run plays himself. Um, you know, he's reading it in and pulling it back and taking off for twenty yards plus. They're going to use more of that with the game being in the cold, and they're going to use take advantage of uh, Tannehill's athleticism and let that take over. Also, he's been diamond, nickel and diamond the ball up and down the field, especially on the run. Uh, even when he gets under pressure, Tannehill can make plays, and that's what exactly he's going to do. <laughs> I need him to throw three touchdowns. I need him to run one in. I need Chris Iyer to score <laughs> twice, and I need the field goal kicker to have about 10 points. Who's the kicker? Who was that, the, the uh, Jets kicker? No, uh, Miami's kicker. Oh, no worries, Dan. You, you're gonna you're gonna get this win. You're gonna feel happy about it. Because I got two kickers, and normally I got uh, Galkowski for the um, Patriots. Right. He normally get you some points, but Patriots he only got three points today. But I benched him anyway. I was going by that the defense might be better, and they'd be kicking field goals. So I thought the defense would probably keep them in field goal range, and he kicked field goals, give me some points. Yeah. I don't know. I, I see you have no worries. The Miami kicker, they're going to find ways to get into the red zone anyway, and he can finish it up from there uh, with some field goals. I think you, it looks like you're going to come out to the, with the win. You don't have really much to worry about unless Tannehill goes down with an injury. Um, but you really don't have anything else to worry about. Speaking of quarterbacks going down with the injuries, going jumping into the college game, JT Barrett of Ohio State, University goes down with the ankle injury. He's down for the rest of the season, even though it's only uh, about two weeks left. Uh, they're still not even in playoff race, playoff hunt, uh, the top four teams, even with them finishing out with one loss on the regular season. They still had the Big Ten Championship coming up. I think they're playing against Michigan State in, uh, this coming up Saturday. And then I don't even think that's even going to push them up to a playoff contention. Um, Mississippi State taking a loss to Ole Miss, 31-17. Um, college football, it's a, it's a scramble. Oh Saturday. yes, they, oh, they, and them, they should have been fired about two, two, three weeks ago. <laughs> they should have been fired two, three weeks ago. Yeah, you got uh, Alabama lost their defensive coordinator um, after the uh, Bama loss, and then Tulsa fired their coach. Um, what was his name? Blankenship. After mm-hmm. they went two and zero, oh, I mean two, two and ten. Washington State fired their defensive coordinators. 
Shoot. I, a lot of this is a scapegoat firing, too, because uh, they got to find somebody. that would do, They probably told the head coach, you going to get fired or you fired that defense coordinator. Mm-hmm. And some head in Nebraska fired uh, Pelini, yeah. finally, after seven seasons. I thought he got fired two years ago. <laughs> I thought he would get fired. Yeah, after he made those statements about his own fan base. And right. That, yeah. that finally came out. But Nebraska's reason on firing him, saying that he didn't bring them a championship, quote-unquote, that's what Nebraska um, athletic department, that's why he Nebraska, got fired. Nebraska think they still playing in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, time, times have changed. Speaking of times have changed, I think South Carolina need to get rid of Steve Spurrier. Like you said, yeah, times have changed. No. I don't know. He, he, no he, said he, he said he's not going to coach um, once he leaves Once he leaves South Carolina. That's fine. I guarantee he'll coach if Florida uh, started blowing up his phone. But no, I don't think no one wants to play for the old ball coach anymore. I mean, Steve Spurrier's time is kind of dwelled. I mean, he lost, he was losing a lot of recruits. I mean, he did have Jadavion Clowney uh, come around in his system. Uh, Andre yeah. Ellington came through his system as well, but – you know, I, like he's—he, I don't think he can compete with Nick Saban, Les Miles, that SEC uh, base, especially with the likes of like Miss, uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss still in recruits now. Plus, you still got to compete with Florida State down there. I don't think he can do it. I think uh, unless he goes to Florida, which I don't think Florida should do it, he—he he will coach again at Florida if any other team, if any other school came out here. I think it would be Florida for him to choose with. Yeah, well, it would make it would make sense either to go back to uh, to go back to Florida and see because he can recruit now. He can recruit. Yeah, he can and recruit. Then, there's a difference in recruiting in South Carolina or Florida, Gainesville. True. I can't believe I can't believe that uh, they continue without any remorse or any regard of what these kids have been doing for the past two years, passing Florida State up for number one spot. <laughs> Politics, man. I, I don't know. That, that that's popular. You ask them not lose games, then you won't, and then to justify it, you go by the conference. Yeah, and they're undefeated. That's bullshit. They're under. <laughs> they're undefeated. Uh, Oregon State. They get the host. Uh, the Wildcats of University of Arizona after them. I guess you could say upsetting, even though they were ranked higher. Um, they beat Arizona State at home. So now for the pack man. We 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 were talking high about them before they was about to play Stanford and they went on a nice little run and then they lose to yep. Washington. Uh Washington no, they lost to Oregon State and oh, Oregon State. And uh oh, Arizona now and I thought they had a third this is their third loss. I think they took a loss to Washington State or something. No, no it was Oregon State. Now, I believe. Yeah. yeah, remind me of the Cardinals, huh? Nine and but, three again. Remember, remember, remember all three of the teams were eight and one. <laughs> yep, and I now, do remember. ASU is nine and three. The Cardinals are nine and three, and um, U of A is the only team to keep it on the rise. Yep, everything changed about a week ago. As soon as we get out yep. of the studio, uh, yeah, we got about a minute left on the show. Anything coming up uh, for you this week, or will you be back in studio tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be back in studio tomorrow. I got a uh, that's the plan, but <laughs> coming up, man, still waiting on this. Um, I got a proposal trying to put my celebrity uh, go kart racing over at Bonder Run and get that done. Um, then I'll get more information about that coming up for the Super Bowl. Got Eminem, uh, Eminem and Drake Whoa. for the Super Bowl. So that's going to be a raw high wild horse pass. Okay. Going to do that. 
Um, I was thinking about putting the party together, but I might do the after party. So I'm kind of, I need to start making some serious moves anyway about w- what I'm going to do for the Super Bowl. Yeah. You need, yeah, you're going to have time to do it. And right now we out of time. About 63 days. Yeah. You got to get to it. Uh, we out of time right now. Uh, we will be back here tomorrow. We'll be live here in the studio. Uh, it was a great Monday. Everyone go out and enjoy your Monday. Uh, get that money back from Black Friday shopping. Uh, I'm Demry Lache. I'm in the studio today. And Kwame Laster, thank you for calling in on your show and doing your thing like usual. We'll be back with you tomorrow. And you all have a good Monday. We out. We out. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.